Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome to the INFJ Whisperer podcast, where I dissect all things INFJ. You are not alone anymore. There are others like you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the channel. I'm really grateful that you are listening, subscribing, and commenting and sending me all this love. I really appreciate it. And in this one, I wanted to speak to you about 
how or why it's so difficult for INFJs to be in a group setting and why it's so easy for us to be in a one-on-one setting. And I've noticed this actually quite often in the recent past because I am not spending that much time around people. So when I do, I can really notice me changing and the way I interact with people and how I, I feel and you know, I really notice the difference and because I'm becoming more sensitive to that perhaps as well. But I rarely spend time in a big group. Um, it's like maybe once a month I go out to a party or to a, a group setting where there's more than five or six people and I'm surrounded by these people and I have to interact with them and, and pretend to be a normal human being. <laughs> um, mostly, if I do spend time with people, it's always usually one-on-one or two-on-one. So it's like two other people and me max that's usually how it is and I really love that I actually love the one-on-one sessions and I love the two-on-one sessions it just makes me feel really good because it doesn't confuse me as much as the group settings do and this is why I decided to do this video also because I had a conversation with another INFJ about this and she's like please do a video on this and I'm like all right cool um and I really believe that and she agrees with me as well the INFJ that I was speaking to is that the reason we have such a hard time with group settings versus individual one-on-one settings is because when you're sitting in front of an individual, one person, or even two people, uh, two people are pretty straightforward as well, but when you're sitting in front of these one or two people, it's very easy to gauge who these people are, what their energies are like, where they're coming from, what they want from the conversation, how to interact with them, how much to share, how little to share, how... Um, enthusiastic you can be or how introverted you can be, how bitter or cynical you can be or how optimistic you have to be, you know, it's very easy to gauge as an INFJ what paradigm or what what, what road to take with these two people. Because in, in generality, as you know, as an INFJ, it's not, not, we usually put on a new dress or like a new mask or a new persona every single time we hang out with an individual. It's not like we're hiding ourselves. It's just that, okay, this person needs this in this moment in time. He needs or she needs me to be jovial or he or she needs me to be sad with them or he or she needs me to be pessimistic with them in this moment in time because that's what they need in order to either polarize them, like to be opposite to them or to go along with them, right? And so if I'm hanging out with an ENTP, ENTPs like discuss and argue and they want you to... um Tell them that they're wrong so they they can have a discussion going. They love that. They thrive on that. So if I'm with an ENTP and they're bringing up controversial topics, I know that he or she doesn't want me to agree with them. They actually want me to negate their theories and have a discussion with them. On the other hand, if I'm with an ENFP, I know that they love harmony and they really want to be harmonious with with me and the people around them. So I'll try as much as possible not to bring disharmony into it. I'm not going to argue with them as much as possible unless it's absolutely crucial. And I'll go along with them and I'll agree with them and I'll try to placate them and make them feel better about their past, you know. So as an energy, we're always kind of gauging who is the person in front of me, what are they like, what do they want from me, what do they need from this interaction in this moment in time? Because every inter- interaction is, for an INFJ, an opportunity to enhance the life of the person in front of them. If we're not just going into interactions just willy-nilly. Like, it's such a waste of time to just go into conversation and be like, all right, I don't know what's going to happen with this. Well, maybe that's how most people do it, but 
very rare that I go into a conversation of like, hey, this is fun. I'm just going to let things happen as they happen. Mostly I'll go into like, all right, what does this person need? Obviously, they called me here to have a conversation about something. Perhaps they need something. Perhaps they don't. But mostly they do. And what can I give to them? How can I enhance this conversation for them? How can I make them feel better or whatever they need from it? How do I give it to them? So it's very easy to give that, as I said, on a one-on-one setting, even with two people. It's a little bit more confusing with two people uh, when you're surrounded by two people, but it's okay. It's not that bad. You can still do it. But with one-on-one, it's perfect. You know, you know exactly where it's going, how to deal with it, what emotions to show, what to hide, what to talk about, what not to talk about. But as soon as it gets into a group setting, more than two, so three, four, five, six, seven, whatever amount of people, it just gets very confusing because each person is putting out their own vibes into the atmosphere, into the environment. They're putting out their needs, desires, um, tangible and intangible. All of the stuff is in the atmosphere. They're all putting out these different confusing, opposing sometimes things into the atmosphere. And we're sitting as an INFJs here as empaths and thinking, okay, I don't know. I don't know which one to respond to. Should I respond to this person who needs me to be really jovial? Or do I respond to this other person who needs me to be bitter and cynical? Or do I respond to this other person who needs me to be um, there for them while they talk about their mother? Or do I respond to this person who needs me to be um, aloof from them and cold or, you know, things like that. Like there's so many different people, so many different desires and needs and, and wants. And we sit there as INFJs and we're like, oh, I, I don't know what to do here. That's why usually what happens with an INFJ and introverts in general is that we kind of clamp onto someone or we kind of, want to be in a one-on-one setting even when we're in a group setting so we kind of chat with one person at a time so we'll go into a corner and we'll chat with this one person and we'll have a deep conversation with them and we're really happy with that like we're really really happy and then once that conversation's over we'll find someone else and we have a one-on-one conversation with them and then we go on to someone else and things like that so that makes it very easy for us because we don't have to gauge several people's reactions and emotions at the same time we can just kind of deal with one person at a time Unfortunately, what happens is that a lot of people in these group settings are extroverts, and they don't want to just do one-on-one conversations. They want to do one-to-many conversations. They want to be involved in the group. They want to be part of it, you know. So I find sometimes I can find a person to chat with and be one-on-one. It's great. I have fun at these parties, and I can enjoy it. But then as soon as it becomes a setting where everyone wants to be in a circle and everyone's chatting with each other, and I can't speak loud enough to um, stop over all the noise and I find it very uncomfortable because I don't know who to respond to or what to respond to. At that point, I'm like, all right, this is enough. Like, I, it's, it's actually exhausting mentally, physically, spiritually, like emotionally, uh, because there's also a lot of conversations and a lot of emotions in the atmosphere. And you're like, all right, I, I feel this and I feel this in the atmosphere and I feel this person is really angry and I feel this person is really upset and this person is really happy and this person is perhaps a little high. And like all of that stuff just confuses us so much. Because we take all of it in and we have it in our heart. And as an empath, of course, we're taking all of this sensitive information in. And uh, we get confused by it. We're like, all right, uh, should I go comfort this person who's angry? Or should I go comfort this other person? Or should I just sit here and and drink my tea? Or um, should I be going to the bathroom and dealing with that person who's crying? Or should I go deal with this couple that's fighting? Like, it's just like, whoa, too much, yeah. Too much information to deal with. As I get older, though, I'm, I'm finding it that it's, I don't care as much about what's going on because, you know, I'm not the counselor and I refuse to be the counselor unless someone actually comes to me and says, please help me. So it's not my responsibility. They're all adults. They can take care of themselves. So I'll just chill and I'll drink my tea and just relax and talk to people if they talk to me. If not, I'll just 
sit and dream about uh, the next manga I'm going to read or things like that. But it is still difficult because there is this inherent desire and energy to help people. You know, I, I can't help myself. I want to ignore people's needs and fears and all that stuff, but it's very difficult. So if I notice there's someone around me who needs me, I will jump on that. Um, and I don't want to a lot of times because then it doesn't, a lot of these parties turn into me giving out counseling sessions. And that's not what I want, obviously, right? I want to just enjoy the party, but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so maybe that's, again, something that I need to learn. Um, but I wanted to do this video to just explain why we have such a hard time with group settings. It literally is due to our hypersensitivity, to our hyper-empathic nature. We just can't help ourselves. There's too much going on. It just confuses us and makes us feel out of bounds. And it just, it's just like, ah, I don't know what to do. And a lot of times this is why we leave early. We just, I end up leaving parties early all the time because it's just I'm like, it's too much. I need to go be by myself, process everything relax, rejuvenate, and then go to sleep. And usually I'm just so exhausted after all of these parties, I just fall asleep right away. So I hope this makes sense. Um, if you have anything else to add to this, I would love to hear from you. I'm sure you all have a lot of insight on this situation because this is one of the primary things that INFJs deal with is, you know, group settings where it's one-on-one -on -one and why there's so much, much, much happier being one-on-one -on -one with people rather than in a group setting. So again, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support, and I'm so grateful that you're still here. And I shall see you in the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. If you want to put a face to the voice, you can check out my YouTube channel, Boom Shaka. Bye for now.